0: I think it's pretty adamant from what i've seen from i think there was that kind of conference call with all the supporters and fans group that the Cronkies intend to cling on to power so for them i think to sell to you know daniel ek or anybody else i think it's going to take a lot more Ellen,
1: What's everyone saying? And you're listening to the Beyond the Gaffer podcast. You're here with your boy, Caj and your co-host, Dylan. And Jay, now, this is going to be a special episode of Beyond the of a Beyond the Gaffer. So we're going to do a Beyond the Guna podcast where we do all things Arsenal. Now, Arsenal season has just ended with us crashing out of Europe with a whimper against Villarreal, against Unai Emery's Villarreal, and it's been a pretty pathetic season overall for Arsenal Football Club. Um, I think we have a lot to discuss about this in terms of our approach into the Europa League tie, both for the first and second leg, Uh, the players, Arteta's performance as a manager in both legs, his performance as a manager throughout the season, and how we could how we move forward, especially given it's been such a turbulent few weeks with the European Super League and Arsenal's involvement with it. But yeah, um before we start off, f- please follow us on BTG underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. And uh Jay, I'm gonna introduce uh give you let you introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi Pat How well, you been
0: hi guys. Um yeah it's great to be finally finally be here. Um good to be an honorary guest. Um you know, we'd have loved to come on a on a positive note with a more uh, better vibe, but you know what Arsenal does to us, Kaj. This always has to happen, same old season. Um, Yeah, I know. It's just like I mean, I've supported the club since what, oh405 Um So what, second place? And we got that FA Cup final uh, FA Cup win under Man United and yeah, it just feels like a curse uh, every year, just no premier league no european cup just getting worse but yeah so the curse continues but onwards and upwards you know we look forward to and discuss basically what went wrong and what can yeah go better next season
1: yeah no i think we've gone through a like a massive terminal decline over the last 3 or 4 years especially since wenger's gone um uh even in the last season of we- uh, last season of wenger we 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 finally crashed out of the champions league but we still played some pretty good football right but it's just been abhorrent in terms of looking at the football the players the decline from where we used to used to be and i think a lot of that does come from so many different factors such as the ownership um 100%. but i think that's something that we're going to probably discuss later on um Dylan, what were your thoughts on the tie so far, uh, and well, from what you've seen of Arsenal this season? I mean, let's yeah, speak of the tie first,
2: right? Really. I when you got knocked out, I was like, oh, you know, I did want you to go through, but I mean, you're my mate, and I was like, <laughs> this oh, is this is going to be a cracking pod. Um, but no, I was I was disappointed. I remember I spoke to you before the game, catch, and I was confident that you'd win. You know, you'd get that. You do you do it for the English teams, you know. We've already seen three English teams reach the final. Come on, Arsenal, don't let us down. I was like, Haj, you're not you're not going to let us down. You'll be fine. You you know you can do it. It's always us. I knew. I knew it was always us. I,
1: <laughs> I told Dylan this like when we're walking like just before the game, right? That I do. I have no. You have more faith in arsenal than me because you have not watched them i know it because we we don't score at home i don't fancy us to win
2: but yeah okay and yeah no i mean i I was just surprised that you lost i mean you've done pretty well in the europa league this season you've dug yourself out a few difficult patches you know against benfica you scored twice in the last 20 minutes you know you got the job done against slavia prague Um, you only had to win one nil and unfortunately, it, it, it didn't happen. Um, but, you know, it's been a horrible season for you guys. Like, it's been awful. I I'm, I'm very, very surprised. This is a far cry from the Arsenal that I've grown up with who are winning quite a lot under Wenger.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, for, no. I mean, for me, I mean, I thought last season was rock bottom. I thought, you know, the side couldn't get any worse. Um, you know, the way we were playing, I think, in the last latter stages under Emery. And, um, you know, for Arteta to come in and, uh, get an fa cup final win i thought was a, a tremendous achievement um obviously i mean you know there is that kind of new manager effect you know that gives you that kind of boost um, and that could have been part of it but you know I, I did have some faith in him that he could maybe you know help us progress and we we you know we've You know, there's been some bad recruitment, but there's been some good recruitment. I think Gabriel was uh, a good signing and I think Party as well adds, you know, something that we've really been missing since the days of, you know, Vieira and Gilberto Silva in in midfield, a bit of uh, a bit of steel. Um, But. Yeah, just I did not foresee that sort of start to the season that after the Fulham game, you know, it was just continually draws and draws and losses and we, we just struggled to break down teams. And, you know, it was getting pretty desperate at uh, one point. Um, but yeah, in terms of the actual leg, you know, I think I'm not shocked that we went out, but I'm really shocked the way we went out, especially that second leg. I mean, the way we were playing. I mean, it, it was like, we. firstly, it was like we were, we thought we were in the lead or it felt at least like we were trying to hold on for something and then maybe getting a 1-0 uh, win. That, you know, just looking at Arsenal this season, that didn't didn't look likely at all. I think our best way was to really go for it. Like we did against Slavia Prague, you know, if it was 3-1, yeah, we could have gone through. But yeah, we went out on a whimper in the end. I
1: don't know what you think about it, Kaj i mean yeah so all right let's go if we just let's go down, back to the first leg right i think that was one of the worst managerial performances i've ever seen in a european tie in a european semi-final
2: semi-final
1: whilst watching arsenal i don't know if about watching a lot um watching teams in general in terms of a european final, but yeah that was definitely up there he walked through a a completely new system that he never tried before and I was I was open to the idea right maybe play Pepe up front because Aubameyang we don't have Aubameyang Uh, and then we have Smithrow and Saka we have interchanging midfielders like but it was just static and if their players aren't really interchanging there's no point of having a, a false nine system it's not like Pep Guardiola's where you have a bunch of different goal scoring. And I have to emphasize this goal scoring midfielders in Fulfoden, in Mares, De Bruyne, yeah. and Mares and so on. And they constantly move and interchange. We don't have that. And that comes down to Arteta's attacking principles and philosophy, right? And if he couldn't do that, why didn't he just play a striker? Why does he not have faith in Martinelli? And that's just one of the big issues, right? Then he has to play Xhaka at left back. I get it. It kind of worked against Sheffield, but it was the worst team in the in the league. He got shown up against Everton. I didn't even watch the game because I was at the protests. But I can tell, I knew he was going to have he, he would have problems with any tricky kind of winger, and he did. But not just that, he then put Ceballos in midfield. Yeah, he got it wrong. I'll give him that. Fair enough. But he was getting continuously overrun, and he not just that he's continually un, continuously underperformed in the Europa League this exactly. season. Yeah. He's provided so many mistakes. He's he's basically given goals to the other team so many times, right? Fair enough, I give him that. But even that, I still think he should have gone for El Nenny, But who knows? All right, fine. He allowed that to happen, right? And then the first half, and he was so obvious he was going to get sent off, right? He got a yellow card just before the uh, before halftime. He then did not even take him off because he was one. He was the worst player on the pitch. He then got an, got a warning. And then got sent off. It was absolute atrocious in game management in terms of the in terms of the substitutions. And I've there's so many things that I can go through this, but we look better without him. But we got so lucky in the first leg, and then I'm trying to close this rant because I want to bring it back to you guys. But after that, get out of jail free card with uh, that penalty from Saka. You thought Arsenal will go out there and will just t- turn the pressure up and just attack them wave after wave like what any what you'd basically expect but we did it was a nil what people say like a nil nil thrashing it was pointless like we didn't we barely mustered any shots on target and that doesn't come from the players our players those players were good enough to score two three or four but he couldn't coach and sustain he couldn't coach a sustained attack and it comes down to the manager man the fact that there are barely any players that played well in there doesn't it doesn't mean the players are crap because and I know I've seen them uh, play well it's just a manager but yeah um jay your thoughts on this I mean I don't think I could probably talk more in depth at the second leg which I will but yeah what are your thoughts on the first leg and second leg especially
0: yeah, I think for the first leg, obviously the setup came as a bit of a surprise. Um, you know, we've we've actually seen Jacker play um, left back. I think um, Emery uh, played him uh, for a couple yeah, of games. Yeah, with Crystal Palace. Yeah, Crystal yeah. Palace I Island, do, right? I do remember and. Uh, you know, I think it works for for periods where you do need cover, but not as a permanent solution. I think, like you said, again, he's not the fastest, even in when he's playing in midfield and he's got protection. Um, never mind playing at left back, and you know he can definitely be turned over by you know a left-footed. Uh, winger who's going to cut inside and I think also Sabayas added to that problem if you look at the first goal you know it came from that area you know sobias tried to come back and he just let the guy come inside and then obviously the other midfielder came in and, and, and took the shot so um you know both uh, I thought those players were to blame for that goal and I completely agree with what you said about.
1: Zabias. I don't really blame Xhaka that for that, though. I don't really blame Xhaka for being—he's he, not—he's a third choice left back. At yeah, best. He, he, I,
0: yeah, I don't blame him. I mean, as in, it was his fault for the goal, but it's not his fault. They had to play in that position, but that's Arteta's fault. Um, yeah, and he should have played Cedric uh, in that game. I don't know why uh, he didn't play Cedric, but you know, going back to Sabayos had he's been having a terrible European campaign, and um, you know. Just a poor season Um, and uh, yeah he he was at fault for that uh, goal and I just don't think you know I could see it coming that second yellow card I think we all could and uh, I'm just surprised Arteta didn't see it you know I don't want to go you know uh, too much into Arteta but uh, yeah it was just a I thought it was tactically naive that game and uh, yeah I think when we got out of jail with that uh, with that penalty thought we could maybe push on, you know, try and get that second away goal, which would have been extremely vital, but um, couldn't do it and obviously put the pressure on us and the, in the second leg. But yeah, definitely. I, I would say also on the substitutions, they came a bit late in the, in the first leg, you know, why can't we have brought someone on in in the 50th or 60th minute to, just give something extra and and he didn't do that. So um, yeah, poor performance on the first leg and second leg, you know, what can I say on that? It's just, I thought from a, at least a mental perspective from the players, it was probably the poorest, you know, semi-final I've ever seen uh, from an Arsenal team. Uh, as simple as that, just was really poor.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, speak, you spoke, spoke about substitutions. That's been a common theme in both legs i think the second leg especially we were wondering what what the hell uh, was up with these substitutions i mean one it took to the 66th minute to bring uh, martinelli on fair enough he should have been earlier but in 66 minutes is relatively early. I remember he for Slavia, I think it's Slavia Prague, he bought a and Pepe on in the 78th minute when he should have been like the 60th. But yeah, like, and he, they scored, which shows volumes of his in game management, right? What did you think of like the, the, his substitutions in the second leg? I mean, Dylan, you watch this, maybe I can start with you because he, he put Martinelli on the 66th minute. I think I can't. Uh, who is it for? It was for was Odegaard. It, Odegaard came on. Yeah. Odegaard. 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 Right. You had a poor game. Then, yeah. This is. Oh. Yeah. He had a poor game by far. We'll, we'll probably speak briefly on him, but then he also took a Bamiang off of like the 75th minute for Lacazette, and it's just after he he put a header in, and it wasn't an easy chance as well. He 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 did really well to generate that power for the head and score and he was the only one likely to score a goal, right? And then he even brought like Nketi on and Ann. and he loves Ann, right? And um, Nketi on with two minutes left. Like, what did you think of his in-game management and subs, both the first and well, second I leg? Well, I speak Willy? more
2: about the second leg because I remember that a lot clearer. I mean, I was surprised when he took a bamming off. I mean, he just, like you said, he just hit the post. You need a goal and you're taking off your striker. There's no reason why he could have he couldn't he could have left Aubameyang on and brought Lacazette on from someone else. I'm not sure why he did that. And it was a baffling decision. The fact that Aubameyang had come closest to scoring. He had already hit the post twice in that game. Keeper was suspect. I mean, you just had to get a few more shots on target. But then I think that was the indictment of the game. The fact that over the two legs, I think Rob Holding had the most shots for you. That speaks volumes. Um I think he only had like one or two shots on target in the second in the second game as well. It's like it, it's poor. It's like, that is poor for a semi-final at home. Uh, I think that's quite unforgivable. I also think that he took, took off Tierney actually a bit bit too late. I, I I don't think he looked match fit, if I'm being honest. He, he should have he he come, he, he yeah, come off earlier. Yeah, he should have come off earlier. I think he didn't come off to the 80th minute when William came on. I mean, and I was thinking he doesn't look fit at all. Bring him off earlier. And yet he consist, continued to play him. Um, and I think that was quite poor management um, from Arteta there. And obviously, like you mentioned, so this is a wild red card. Even I saw that coming. I was like, he's going to get sent off. It was a similar to a situation where Fred got himself sent off um, for United against PSG uh, in the group stages where you could see he was going to get sent off. You need to take him off. And then I, I don't know how Arteta didn't see that. Um, but the substitutions were poor. I mean, you need a goal. And coming on in the 91st minute, it's, it's, what's he gonna, what do you expect him to do? Let's be honest. What do you expect him to do?
1: He's he's the same profile of player as a Bamiyang, but he's just not as good. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Like, what is it? I don't get because if it's the argument of malaria, mate, like I've listened to a bunch of these podcasts like in in, in since we've since we crashed out, like from the Arsenal Vision, touchline fracas and so on, like Ars blog Like even if they had malaria, you what is ten minutes extra gonna do to save your season? Like he has a job because of Bamian scored those goals in the FA Cup final. Otherwise he should not, he should not be, he wouldn't be here. He wouldn't be here if he just finished eighth uh, last season. Uh, like there's so many things that were just wrong with that game. Right. I mean, Jay, you, your thoughts on like the subs really, because I haven't had, you haven't really spoken as much.
0: Yeah. Again, I think maybe they could have come a bit earlier. Obviously it, Uh, Sabaya should have been taken off uh, I think first Um, then probably Odegaard Um, I think Dylan's right Uh, Tinney was uh, unfit as well but I mean obviously the shocking one was taking off Obamiang, you know hitting the post twice he he was the only player on that pitch who looked likely to score Um, and I you know you're just looking at it Aubameyang with malaria is more likely to score than Niketia this season just you know, looking at both of their performances, it's it's the truth. So I just don't understand why we did that and bringing on agent Agent William
1: just just didn't make any sense whatsoever. So he he loves Willian, man. Like I don't. I, I, Jay, could you get? Do you understand why he wants? He loves putting Willian on. Like I think, like he. We kind of delude ourselves into thinking maybe he's because he can cross. I don't know. Like, even then, right? This keep, that's the most embarrassing thing about this performance. There's so many factors that made, uh, that went our way. Yeah, we didn't have T- Xhaka, right? But that's the, that shows how crap his tactical plan was. Because honestly, he got Tierney. Even unfit Tierney did an all right job, right? He's better than Cedric. Like, Chuck got injured. Like, yeah. it, they had no threat on that side, their main threat. Um, Foyth couldn't play in the second leg. Kapu couldn't play in the second leg. There's so many things that went in his favor, but then you will come out with uh, stupid excuses. Like, do you like? Yeah, do you? What did? You, what did you think? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be. So, I'm. The more I talk I can about, hear them, the passion I in the voices is
2: quaking. I can hear it's it. Ju- it's just
1: yeah, yeah. nah. Because you know what? This is subsided. Because a lot. Because. You you knew how angry I was on that group chat, it? On um uh on Thursday, man. I was so vexed with uh, Arteta in terms of like I mean, do any any of you want to talk more about the game? Because I'm gonna probably talk soon about what his performance this season so far. I mean, your thoughts on like any players that might have come out of that tie?
2: Leno. No? I think Leno was I the mean, best player I've saw- Two legs for you. I, I mean, I, he Lenor, kept doing it at 2-0. I, I, I mean he made a brilliant save for Moreno, I think it was in the first leg. Um When a goalkeeper well, I, is your best player, that means yeah, your, I know, but I think shit. he was the best player the for you, shit. which tells the story. Look, holding had the most shots. Like what are you doing? Don't you think that, that keeper was holding suspect really what? is not a good keeper?
1: Yeah, that's get balls in so the box, pathetic. pepper him, and we let's we go just, for it. We didn't no yeah, no crosses, no shots, nothing. Like yeah, Jay, what your thoughts? Um, I I mean, in
0: in terms of good players, I'm not sure about in those two legs. But at least I want to shout out to you know Pepe. I think he's had a really good European uh, campaign. I think since that, since the middle of the season, I think he's definitely changed his game. I can, he's working a lot harder off the ball, um, and he's really. I think bringing a bit more fear in when he attacks into play. So I want to give a shout out to him. And, you know, he did score the penalty in the first leg. So, um, yeah, I would say he was probably one of our better attacking players over you know, those two yeah, legs. Him,
1: him and Saka were probably, and Smith Rowe really was probably the better one, players out of this. I think, I know I have a big soft spot for Pepe in terms of, I want him to do well. Because I know, I think he gets harshly treated because of his 72 million price, amount price. 72 million pound price tag but yeah I think he was one of our better but even then second leg he wasn't great but for me right he's a player of basic he's an individualistic player right he needs to be express his actual tech, his ability on the ball his ability to have freedom to to make mistakes, to run at players, and so on, and just, when I look at this, and I just feel like attacking players in this system is really are really just suffocated from being being able to express their their true ability. I mean, Dylan, I think we're going to have to navigate this towards really Arteta's performance over this uh, tie, but also as a manager, right? What as a neutral, what are your thoughts on watching Arsenal this season so far? Uh-
2: I mean, I've been surprised. Um, I, I, you've been, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I thought he was very close to getting the sack when you lost to Burnley 1-0. You were languishing in 15th, weren't you? At one point, like only a couple of points of the relegation zone. And you'd just gone for a terrible run. And then he seemed to go for a good period from Boxing Day onwards when you beat Chelsea um, to about February, you know. You you'd navigated the Europa groups pretty safely. He would put together a few wins. Um, and I'm thinking, you know what, maybe he will sort of, you know have a respectable finish but then the home form is what has concerned me the most like arsenal are normally prolific at home i know you've had your away struggles even under like the last season of venga i know it, it, it struggled as well but the fact that you haven't scored in like 10 home games this season like is a damning indictment on what's happened and I've, I've been shocked um of what's happened to this arsenal team I, I think i think he's the fact that we you sacked emery last season you know. He, he ended up finishing in fifth. He got you to the Europa League final and then he had a sort of a bad run. And I think you were eighth when you sacked him, right? I mean, Arteta's going to finish. He's not going to finish any higher than eighth. Let's be honest, right? No European football for the first time in 25 years, most likely. Is it, If you're looking at the same way Emery got sacked, you'd, you could argue he's got nothing to stand on. I know he's, like you said, he's probably in the job because the FA Cup he won, but that's sort of gone out the window. And is it is it if you don't sack him now is it it's just a bit, it seems like a bit of a waste of the season if you get sacked in October and then you have to rebuild again it it feels like you may as well happen now get a new manager in who could actually bring in the players you wants over the summer and go from there it seems like if you sack him in November December you're, it's just another wasted season for arsenal I, I i just don't think he's been good enough i think i, I think he's a bit out of his depth for so the first job to come at arsenal from city as a understudied pep it's, it's a big job i think he's out of his depth just like lampard was at chelsea yeah, I mean, all right, Jay, I'm going to give my thoughts probably, but yeah,
1: your thoughts on really Arteta's performance over the tight end as a manager as a well, building from Dylan.
0: Yeah, I, I I mean I'm going to focus more uh on the whole. I think he's just yeah, it's been I think disappointing. I had quite high hopes for him. I mean, obviously with what um you know Pep Guardiola was um, saying and how highly you rated him, but also, you know, the players like you know Leroy Sane, Raheem Sterling, about how much he improved their game, and that's what I was really looking for. I think you know we we had such good young talent. I, I wanted you also wanted a manager who was going to improve those players like Saka, Smith, and Martinelli, uh, and as they were, we knew were going to be probably the driving force towards you know us getting you know. Yeah, towards getting major honors in the next couple of years, so I thought it, it kind of fitted the mold quite well. Um, but yeah, this season has been very, very disappointing. I, you know, I just didn't see that we would we would drop so far behind. We'd struggle against very small teams, struggle to break them down. I think maybe we've been found out a bit. You know that can often happen with uh, managers. I think once you know teams work out, you know how a manager plays, what kind of system, then you you just find what how you can counter that. And a lot of that is by playing a lot of high press against us. You know, expecting that mistake from from the back, and it's often happened uh, this season. So, yeah, been been pretty poor you know, I expected a bit more tactical flexibility from him, um, which I haven't seen. I think we've seen to be playing the same way uh, this season. And I think just generally looking from last season to this season, it clearly shows how much we relied on Aubameyang last season, you know, to to really get us out. Because let's be honest, apart from the goals that he was getting, you know, we weren't really creating much last season. It was mainly through him and now we haven't got that now he's out of form you know it really shows you know what kind of quality side we've got um, and that's been reflected in the results so if you if going back to the question whether you know I think he should stay on you know it's a really difficult question to ask because yeah by just looking at the results you know I'd say no he he shouldn't carry on you know what kind of top team would keep a manager who's performed like this this season but I am also thinking about how much in terms of, you know, we are in a club in transition. We've got a lot to do in terms of changing the squad, in terms of getting players out. You know, we have a lot of players on loan, you know, who have uncertain futures, you know, like Torreira, Guendouzi, you know, even Saliba. We don't know what's going to happen with him. We've got a lot of players who've got low contracts like Lacazette and Katia, you know which needs resolving, and we've got a lot of players who you know quite frankly aren't good enough um to kind of get us to where we want to be and I just worry that sacking a manager who and then bringing someone in who's that's gonna have to be part of their job as well, not just you know getting the team better but managing that process as well. I'm just thinking whether we should you know, keep him for one more season, make the changes in our squad and just see, see what happens. And if, if it doesn't go our way to the end of the season, then we sack him and bring someone in. Um, and at least it gives us also time, you know, over a year to, to come up with like a manager in case it goes wrong, uh, to bring in. But yeah, I want to know your thoughts on
1: that catch. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think there's so much you you went through a lot, Jay, and I think I, I agree with a lot of it. But I don't. I think I disagree the end bit in terms of keeping him. I think there's you so you much. Uh, I know I, you knew it, but there's so much you can put. There's so many sackable offences with him, right? And the biggest problem really comes down to really the ownership of the club in terms of if we were a big club and we owned properly, right? He would have been out the door in December or at least given a better structure to work with so we wouldn't have had these problems, right? Like, Dylan, you spoke about the home form this season, right? I'm going to... I think the st- stats are all right. We won six out of the 17 games at home. We scored 19 goals in 17 home games. That's shocking. In that, in Emery's full, first full season, we scored 40, 42 um, and won 14 out of 19. Wenger's first se- uh, last season, he won 15 out of 19 and scored 54 goals. He scored more goals... It, like Wenger's at his worst and that team, I mean, it was a worse team than this team, by the way, they scored 54 goals uh, and that was, sorry, 54 goals. And it was more than what we scored overall this season. I've, and we've only scored 46. That sure speaks volumes of his attacking philosophy. Right. And there was something about he, um, Jay, Were you here, do you remember the quote where he talked about being in the kitchen and for, for for players to be make it for to, you have to make it easier for players to be understand where they where they are in terms of if you're in the kitchen you need to make sure the glass you need to know where the glasses are into which cupboard they are because then you can get them and you can you already know where you can where you can get that glass off and you can i don't actually you know what forget that quote yeah because I've, <laughs> I've butchered that quote shit, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I butchered that quote. I knew I know there's a quote, yeah, there's a quote, but regardless, yeah, fuck, okay, fuck that quote, yeah, but either way, yeah he's he's been absolutely shocking in terms of being a manager this season, right? I'm gonna go through a lot of it, right, but his results alone are worth worth sacking for, but then it's also the other metrics as well, like he's not brought through any young player uh from the academy or or even through uh, the transfers, right? The William Saliba um, debacle is just that. It's a, it's an entire, it's a massive mess, man. We invested 30 million into a young centre-back who wants to play for Arsenal, right? He gave him no zero minutes. Zero, even in the Europa League group stage games, who you've seen them, Jay. They're, those teams are shocking, right? You could play any, you could probably play us in uh, in defence, right? And you can get even f- fitness. He gave more minutes to Mustafi in there, who was going to go, and he gave him a contract. He gave Rob Holding a contract when he can barely pass a ball, and it showed in the Europa League tie when we're so stuck in our own box. Like he's not given any minutes to Martinelli, even when he's back from injury, when he should be given more. He gave no minutes to Balogun, and he- and he gives more minutes to uh, Eddie and Ketia, even though we're-, we're evidently going to sell him. So it makes no sense his in-game management has been so poor throughout throughout the season in terms of producing match-winning subs he's he's not produced he seems to pro- be inconsistent as well in creating an actual philosophy behind it because he switches from a 4231 a 433 a 4141 and a false nine formations and everything and he just seems to I don't think he makes it easier for his players to actually play with freedom. And I think they're overcoached and Tim Stillman basically said the best thing about him, right? I think he's too on, he's on it to basically, he wants to make make everyone else think that he's a really smart coach. Like he's the next hot hot property on the, in the managerial scene, instead of actually looking, focusing on winning uh, football matches. And I mean, I'm ranting here, but, He's just. I don't think there's anything that that is worth. I don't think he's produced anything worth keeping him on. And everything uh, that any argument you have for uh, for keeping Arteta is purely hypothetical. There's nothing really supporting him. Like, Dylan, do you have any arguments to why you should keep Arteta?
2: I mean, I think the FA Cup thing is 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 loose. Um, it's probably the loosest argument that you have and I, I know and I would say that obviously you know it's, it's not just the I know Arteta has had his issues right but I also think the players ought to take a lot of slack I mean if I'm looking at that, that Arsenal team are you really going to tell me that they're, they're the 11th best team in the Premier League they're not they're, they're not. not and the players they're need not, to take, take some 11th. slack um, for it um, so the, I mean, and obviously you know we have we have the ownership issues. I mean, is anything is anything actually going right at Arsenal at the moment? The players are not performing, the managers are not performing, the owners, the technical directors. It all seems to be a bit of a mess at the moment. Um, so I, I would he's been given a diff, it's a difficult been a difficult season. So I I would give him some slack there. Um, and I, could, I and I don't personally I don't think the board will sack him. Um, I think they'll give him, you know, the summer to rebuild, but it's a, it's a big job he's got, but I, I would say he, I don't think he knows his best 11. I, I don't know if, what you guys think. I don't think Arteta knows his best 11. What, his what, is what is it?
1: But that But that, that's, that is, no, but that's his problem, right? Like you could, you could say all you want about not knowing your best 11, but he's got players to create at least a sustained attack that produces more than 18, 19 goals at home. The season, right? We gave him the excuse that because we could, he couldn't play Mesut Ozil for all these uh for personal reasons, and so on and so forth, which we should go go through again. Um And he didn't have a number ten. He's a re- he chose not to play Mesut Ozil, and even now with number tens, he, st- he can still barely produce, uh, create a team that can score a goal. I mean, no, I think I think it all comes down to him. And Jay, I'm sorry for interrupting here, but I think there's. it you said it best where if you don't sack him, it will just be a waste of a half a season, right? And do you really trust this manager to bring through talented players? He's not, he doesn't work best. He doesn't, he hasn't even made the best out of the talent he has available. What makes you think he will bring talented players when one of his main signings have been like Cedric, Ann. Uh, some of his signings like Cedric and William have been absolute busts. But yeah, Jay, sorry.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, those are all good, good, fair points. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to stand up, uh, for him or anything or, you know, theorize because at the end of the day, we, you know, we don't know in terms of what manager he will be capable of being if, you know, if we, if we sack him. So, um, we don't know what, uh, how he will perform next season if uh, he stays on. But yeah, I think just going, um, like bit by bit, you know, with the Saliba situation, I think I was disappointed that he didn't play um, at the start of the season, like you said in in the European or the Carling Cup, uh, sorry, the Carabao Cup games. Um, and uh, I, I your thought, age, mate. Yeah, yeah, I just go yeah. back to it. But uh, yeah, with Saliba, I think, um, yeah, I think obviously it's quite evident that the guy has talent. He has, he's had a good loan at Nice, um, but you know, maybe he did see something that. Um, in him that he felt like he wasn't quite ready. Like they were saying that he he doesn't look f- like physically ready for the Premier League. I mean it is a big uh, jump from League One um, to to the Premier League. Um, and you know I've potentially he he's copying the way that Guardiola manages young players. You know if you're talking about Phil Foden, a lot of the players, a lot of uh, fans would say why wasn't Phil Foden you know, playing regularly a year ago or game more games. And, and there were, a lot of them were consistently saying, play Foden more. But he didn't want to rush him because, you know, with, with young players, you have to be careful that they don't get injured um, because it can ruin their careers. You know, they can develop, um, you know, certain injuries that keep um, re- reoccurring. Um, and, you know, Martinelli's had a really severe injury. Um, and it's not to say that, you know, if he keeps continually playing him, the same things uh, could happen. And I, I I, mean, under him, you know, Saka and, and Smith-Rowe have, you know, improved. Um, you know, obviously we can't say how much of, it, of that is down to personally him. But, you know, the evidence is here that they've both had decent seasons and you might say that he was forced into it you know because of the injuries that we had uh, around that time around the kind of Christmas period but I um, just you know at the same time that you know they have been the shining stars of the season so I would still say he's you know not not necessarily done anything wrong on, on the youth side but I think for the main thing for me is that yeah he's just collectively as a team when it goes back to the we don't know our our best 11 and this squad rotation thing I don't think it works particularly for defenders um I think you need to develop a partnership um with especially with the two center backs and I we just don't know our who's our two best center backs at the moment what's our two best pairing because you know that that needs to develop to to form a um a strong defense I mean look at um, Ruben Diaz and Stones you know such a good partnership that they've uh, formed and you know how impressive they were against um, PSG so yeah I think Arteta definitely has a lot to learn and I think it, the question is are we going to give him that time or not I think your your opinion is pretty clear on that catch. I just think give give him the season you know change the squad I think the squad for me is a priority right now and then
1: Push on from there. Okay, Jay. What this this squad has a lot of flaws, right? But do you think it's the tenth best squad in the league?
0: Um, no, no, I don't think so. I
1: think it's probably if you if you maybe put a number on it. Do you think it, it's better? Do you think it's worse than Aston Villa? No, I think. you think it's better. worse than Leeds? No. Do you but think it's I, worse than uh, Everton?
0: I don't think it's much better than Everton's personally. I don't. I don't think if it is. I don't think it's much better. I, I honestly think that our side is. I think half our side is good, and half our side, uh, half our side is just not good enough.
1: Okay. Really below par. So you say that Smith Rowe and Saka have improved, right? How do you think they've improved? Because I think they've they they've played well, right? But yep. all all that's really been done is been they've been given minutes. I know I'm going to sound like another hater, right? But these two players, like the idea that he f- gives youth a chance is just, for me, bullshit. Because he doesn't, he didn't put, he didn't put, no, But I'm serious. Because he didn't put, Saka came through, through Emery. Yeah. Smith-Rowe played through Emery as well, like a few years ago, he was injured. Willock came through Wenger. I think Nketiah came through Wenger. Like Martinelli came through Emery. Was, again, like. Reese Nelson, his treatment of Reese Nelson has been shocking. You're telling me that Reese Nelson couldn't do what Willian did this season? He scored zero goals. But top assists five
2: assists. Yeah, <laughs> seven assists, I
1: think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, seven assists. Well, okay, whatever, right? his treatment of Pepe for example he was one of the man of the matches performances in like the FA Cup right and you thought you know what this season's going to break out he put he brought in benched him who did not do anything to warrant this many games he still warrant, I think I think until like the Europa League game he probably still played more games this season than Pepe right do you really think this guy should be trusted with a transfer budget like do you what, what makes you think he can spot talent and improve it
0: um I mean, it's a good. I mean, it's not uh, all down to him. Obviously, I, I, the, I sound the like transfer I'm is done. It's to just, I'm, I'm no, disappointed no, no, him, yeah. I, no, no. I, uh, I understand, but I mean, I, I mean, on Pepe, I thought you know you, you could say it was harsh treatment, but you know he, he has played in more. I think in in this second half of the season where he has made improvements. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna uh, say anything about Willian um, because yeah, I just don't understand that. Uh, I don't know. You know what? Uh, maybe he's. You know he. Maybe he is good in training, but you know we've seen enough games <laughs> so far to say that you know the guy is just uh, been so poor. And you know he's thirty-two. It's only going to go one way for him now. So I. I just don't understand that personally. But yeah, I think in terms of what you said about development, yeah. I've, obviously, you Una Emery brought a lot of those players in. Um, I think the only player I can think of that Arteta's brought in is Balogun. But
1: I, you can't. Do you think uh, he's bought through Balogun? Do you really think he's come on well, two well, minutes? Into-
0: well, he has, you know, played some games, and he's obviously there's been that contract situation, which you know hasn't has probably affected his minutes. Um, but you know, in ter- you know, it, even though he hasn't brought them through, you can't say that these players uh, haven't improved in a season. then we can't necessarily say that that wasn't down to him because I think Saka has improved. And I think his final, his decision-making in the final, uh, in the final third has improved um, since he came through under Emery. Um, And I like to think that was down to Arteta, but you know, we don't know.
2: I mean, this season, right. You've had, you've been in the Europa League. So he's given, he's had like, you know, Pepe's had the chance to play in these competitions, right? Next season, we're looking at no European football Jay, you mentioned that you've got a lot of players out on loan, you know, like Willock, you know, Maitland-Niles is out there still, Um, obviously Saliba's coming back, Pereira again, all these players that you're going to have to end up up with a bloated squad, aren't you, next season? And you've got, with no European football, how are all these players going to play? Surely some decision's got to be made, he's going to have to trim that squad massively, and it actually might reduce the minutes for some of these players, like... I, I don't know. Will some of these players even get the chance to play? Like with Balogun, right? You mentioned his contract situation. But if if it's clear that Enketi has got no future future this club, why is he playing him instead of Balogun? If he's just signed a new contract, do you know what I mean? it's these things that sort of baff, like baffle me? Like, it's
1: yeah. Or like, or like, if you wanted to practice uh, do a false nine formation, at least try it in some of these Premier League games. It's not like we're going for top four. They're mid table clashes that don't mean anything. Jay, I mean your thoughts.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it, in terms of the minutes, uh, the only thing I could think of why he does that is to maybe protect... The value of the player, because obviously if you don't play play the player, then that's a poor, yeah, that's the poor value. To, if, if that's no, true, what
1: Jay, you are you are giving such poor arguments for this guy. He has a no he has no defense. He's he's tanked so much value. He's tanked Saliba's value. He's tanked Guedosi's value. He's tanked Torreira's value. Value in Ketia, we could have sold him in January. He kept him. What for? He, what 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 could we have used him for? Genuinely, what like?
0: Yeah, I know. I think. I think Negati the has got no, to there's go. There's no up. argument.
1: There's no argument for him protecting value or improving players because he's not improved anyone. You look at Party, he was do you remember um how Liverpool when Liverpool played Atletico Dylan and Party was one of the best players on the pitch for Atletico that night. Look at him now. Like you can't tell me he's there's a bad player. We've seen how talented he can be, but he's under Arteta, he just looks useless at times. He looks like Ceballos. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Party's had his ups and
0: downs this season. I think, yeah, he's been good, uh, really good in some games and yeah, I think he's struggling in some games. Again, I don't, look, I I don't want to say too much on, you know, on the individual players. I I think just on the, you know, the market value thing. It was just specifically on, you know, certain players I think we wanted to get rid of. I know obviously it hasn't, you know, like Torreira has probably worked out pretty bad, you know, really bad because obviously he's gone to Atletico Madrid and he hasn't played. And his market value is completely gone probably now. I don't think we'll get much from now. And Gwenduzi obviously, you know, I, I think he's had a good season at her for Berlin. So I think still, I think, I, you know, the market value should be protected. But yeah, I mean, I don't want to ramble on too much and say, you know, ifs and buts. But, you know, personally, I'm not saying that we shouldn't get Saka Teta. I'm just putting out there that I don't necessarily think it's, you know, Potentially the the right thing because you got to go back to you know Unai Emery and say well you know when he was manager it all unravelled and we were in a decline with you know similar players is it is it just Arteta or was it a
1: bigger problem at the club? Not fair look. I mean, I do want to clarify my stance, right? I'm out. I'm fully Arteta out. I think we got that. I think we got me that me one, that yeah, him- I think we got that Yeah, one. yeah. You got this, yeah. But you know as well, throughout this season, I've given him his fair chances. I've allowed him, even through December, I've thought I've wanted him out, but you know what? I'll allow it because now with Smithrow coming through a number 10, we had party injured and so on. Maybe he'd have a chance not to, to show something different. And for, there was a period between January to February, we did all right. But it, it came back to this kind of usual nonsense where we just we could barely score, right? And look, Jay, I, I agree with you in terms of this squad needs a massive overhaul. The right back situation, for example, we have like, we have Bellerin, we have Cedric, we have Chambers, we have Maitland-Niles. None of them are good enough to really take us to where we are. We have four right backs. We don't have a backup left back. Again, for Marte, why did he sell Maitland-Niles and Kalasanach if he if he had no backup? Um, he, he he sold he took he sold Gridozzi for on loan. Okay, send him out on loan and had Al neni as a backup to replace him. That was useless. Like these players are not great. There's a lot of overhaul, right? But he's behind a lot of the decisions as to why we have a lot of average players. And I think it comes down to he wants players that will just listen to him. He's he like there's a controlling aspect that he has right he wants players he he prefers players that do does what he says not the individualistic players like pepe for example or people players that have personality because i just don't think he's able to manage them well and his man management throughout this season and a half has been shocking and um i think the, play, the squad needed needs an overhaul and i think look for me before we go out, um, we, we're going to end this episode with, uh, with uh, talking about our position on Arteta, right? But we're going to speak briefly about what where we think Arsenal will move forward from this, right? For me, nothing will, nothing will change at Arsenal until the Kroenke's leave. Because Edu has shown that he's not really done well in this job. VNI looks useless as well, but this all comes under the ownership of Stan Kroenke, right? we were challenging for the league titles and a consistent top four, but underneath under his leadership, you've seen a terminal decline in terms of, in terms of the players that we recruit, um, that our league position, our, our status as a club around Europe. And uh, un, unless the Daniel Eck bid comes through, I just don't see anything happen. And I think, do you think this could be a blessing in disguise because of all the money that we lost that the Stan Kroenke's could just basically bugger off now? Or no?
0: I think it could be. Um, but I think it's pretty adamant from, you know, what I've seen from, I think there was that kind of conference call with all the supporters and fans group that the Kroenke's intend to cling on to power. So for it for them, I think to to sell to, you know, Daniel Ek or uh, anybody else, I think it's going to take uh, a lot more. I think it's gonna take a lot more, you know, from the fans if you know, if that means maybe boycotting and not attending matches and hitting them financially or, you know, worse results um in the league, um, I think it's still gonna take a lot for them to go because I think they the way they see Arsenal is basically, you know, still a strong brand, you know, still something where um which will grow in value and I think um, you know, in terms of cultural, but uh, you know, in terms of their their culture and what they stand for, I think it's basically qualifying for that top four. I don't think it's actually going and progressing and and you know going for titles. I think it's just going for that top four. So, yeah, I think long term, I think we have to get rid of them. I see no other way that we're going to become a top club again under their ownership. But I think you just look at the clubs that they've managed um, in the United States. You know, none of them are really done that well um so yeah I think it's going to be very difficult um I think to push them out but I think it's the only way I think we're going to get our club competing again so um it's, it's going to be painful um I think for the next couple of seasons yeah
2: I got to agree with Jay I don't I don't think it's a case of more money or anything I think they're they're happy to hold on to it you know the brand of Arsenal's still there like you've not qualified for a Champions League for a few seasons now and it hasn't really yeah, look, oh, it hasn't season, really bothered them now, I don't think, as much. And obviously, yeah, the COVID thing has accelerated the losses of the club. And obviously, they they wanted to join the European Super League. And like like we've mentioned before, like I don't think that issue's gone away quite yet. Um, there'll be some revival again. And obviously, I'm sure Arsenal will be one of the ones to sign up again if that, if something does come about. Um, so I can't imagine he's in any rush to sell. I mean, like, didn't enough try and take over? Or put a bid in a couple of years ago, and sort of got rejected. There, I mean, I mean, you got a similar situation to our owners where these, you know, these American owners are coming in, you know, taking control of the club, don't really watch the games as such. Uh, they they he probably doesn't even know you've been knocked out of Europe. If, in, all, in all honesty, um, which is a, a bit of a sad state to be honest. Um, but no, I, I'm with Jerry. I don't think I can't. You have to get them out, and I agree. I, I support the protests and everything, but I can't see Daniel weck and his. You know, I know he's trying to get the players on board like Henri Vieira, etc. But I can't see it working. I don't think they're in any mood to sell, and let's be honest, they don't have any reason to sell, do they? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think the protests and stuff bother them that much. Um, they, he hasn't come out with a statement like even my owner did with Henry. He came out with a statement, a video saying why he did all the European Super League stuff. I don't think Cronky's come out at all, has he? None, none of them have come out.
1: Mate, Josh Grids, but this is the thing. Stan, Stan does not know. Stan doesn't know that we're probably playing in the European semi-final. I guarantee you that he doesn't know that. And uh, the only positives I can see is that there's... I know you say that... It, that um, they won't sell, right? But you could see that the end game for them was having guaranteed franchise football where they get 200 or 300 million a year and without any relegation. So the money just comes in, right? That that idea has been shattered with the Super League, right? And yeah, it might come through again, but Arsenal in such a weak, in a much weaker position that even if a Super League did come through, they wouldn't be the six English clubs to come uh, to be part of that anyway. Heck, Leicester would probably take our take our spot uh, in the current uh, t- uh, time because they've actually won a league title before us. And I think now, e- even with less European football, now we don't have no like no European football. He's going to have to actually invest properly into the squad to get us back into that t- uh, back there. And he's I don't he's not going to do it. He might invest, but he's not going to show active ownership, right? And that's what we need. Like we don't need just a billionaire just spunking money. We need an actual vision strategy to execute it from the top down to the bottom, an actual winning culture. And it just comes down, comes from him. If he just wants the money and he doesn't give a shit, then what's the point? Um, but yeah, Jay, your your final thoughts really on like the owner, I know you mentioned, we spoke about it, but do you think, Miss Dang, do you see any plausibility with Daniel Ek buying this club? And... Do you actually think Arteta would stay in a job, really, if he had a new owner?
0: Um, I think if I think if Daniel came in uh, and the guys came in, uh, you know, with Henri Bergkamp uh, and Vieira, I think, I mean, it's difficult to say. I mean, I guess Daniel wants to, it looks like he wants to bring back that kind of Arsenal feel, you know, that, that culture, the culture of old when, you know, during the Invincibles. And, you know, let's not forget that Edu... Um, was also from that period, and you know Arteta is an ex-Arsenal player, so we do have some of that already. Um, I don't know. I think he'd probably give him a chance, and you know, like I said, give him a couple of games, and then probably sack him, you know, if if he didn't perform. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of what I think the plausibility of how likely it is, I just, I just don't see it happening anytime soon. Um, I think it's going to be a long, drawn-out process. I think he's going to have to be quite patient, Daniel Ek, to to get this. But he just maybe has to pick his moment, you know, wait for a time of real, you know, weakness in our season. Because, you know, we, being honest, we, there's going to be some dark days ahead, I think, for Arsenal. I think if I made a comparison between um, Arsenal and Liverpool, I'd say it was probably that Hogson era, you know, with... Um Gillette, Hicks yeah, and George yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that's kind of where we, the state we are in now, and you know, also we we don't have that the those crazy scouts fans who are gonna you know f- threaten the the owners and be able to throw them out. I think it's gonna be have to be a different way, but um, yeah, I think it's gonna be very difficult to get them out. You know, I think Stan is very happy to stay. Silent and and wait for these kind of protests and things to to blow over.
1: Yeah, no, I I think you're completely right. Right, I think it, I think it's a different team now. Though, though, I think we've seen the power of fans in terms of being able to cancel the games. Like, I think I saw a story where I think the Glazers are losing out on a new shirt sponsor because of uh, the actions of the European Super League and fans' protests. And I think, I think this is going to be the start of a big decline for us because I think a lot more money is going to be lost for the Cronkies both in shirt sponsorship um, revenue in terms of marketing and so on and so forth and I think the end game is that I think they're going to have to sell like well I don't see they're not going to get as much money anymore from this They like with Wenger they had a near guarantee in terms of like cash coming in that's not all they're doing now is losing money Fans are going to come back to pay for them. I think they're going to lose out on shirts, shirt sales, and everything like that. But yeah, um, the last question I really have is if before because I think we're close to really ending, right? If you guys have a suggestion, if Arteta was have well, one Jay, do you do you think we should keep Arteta in or or we should uh, fire him? And you, Dylan, as well. Uh, you know I'm out.
0: I'm going to say... I'm
1: going to say keep him for one more season. Uh,
2: I'm sort of, sort of on the fence, you, but I mean, I, def- I definitely wouldn't sack him now. It, given, i give him to the end the season.
1: Um, you're a Liverpool fan. As I, if, he was a, if he was a Liverpool... If, if you had him at Liverpool... Yeah, I think he he'd, he'd probably
2: him? have to walk in the summer. Well, he had to get fired. He wouldn't walk. He'd have to yeah, go see? for me. Yeah, see? So, yeah. So, if you did... if you, uh, So...
1: If that's the case, who would you want as a replacement from your, to Mikel Arteta, from what you've seen? It's a difficult job, remember this. He, or do you think it's not the, he, he's not the problem, it's the whole entire structure behind like scouting, player
2: recruitment and so on and so forth, more than the manager? I think it's a bit um, of everything. I mean, you can't not say Arteta's to, to, not to blame. Like, he has to take some of this blame. come on, like, he, he has to. You can't say he's not. Yeah, but I think yeah. he's been under very, got- very difficult circumstances. Yeah. Um, and I, I do feel for him, given it's been a, obviously a horrid season for him um, on and off the pitch for the club as well. But if I want to get someone in, I mean, I think personally, I think you just have to go for someone who's a serial winner now, someone who would like, you know, take this club, it needs to be changed top to bottom. And someone who, you know, wants to be in, in control of the transfers and everything. It seemed like when Emery was there, he didn't really have control of what he was doing. You know, he, he's come out and said he didn't want to sign Pepe, he wanted Zaha. Even with Arteta, I don't think he really knows what he wants in terms of signings. I think he's had some influence on them, um, but other parts, he, he seems like he, he doesn't really know what to do with them and he's had no control. So I think he needs someone who's going to stand up to the board in that sense. So, I mean, if he's available, I would take Allegri, whether he'd come or not. It's difficult. He's been out of the game for a bit. And would he come to somewhere like Arsenal? It's a massive job. Um it depends, but I do think someone with like a serial winning mentality um, is needed. And if you and if you do go for someone younger, a bit different, uh, and that's the direction the club wants to take, then maybe someone like Graham Potter. I rate him quite highly. Um, definitely think he's a he's a viable option if you go down that route. What do you guys think?
0: So, I mean, if if we did bring someone in, personally you know as an Arsenal fan I always want to see good football I know people say well you know surely titles and stuff should come first and success but you know for me I think it's as important to pay attractive football and why as a fan as a fan you should be able to demand that I I think especially with the way that Chelsea Liverpool and um, Man City play they both all play attractive football and uh, win things. So, you know, under Allegri, I don't see us playing that sort of football. So, for me, I think it's a difficult one because I don't think there's a lot of players, uh, a lot of managers um, sorry, available at the moment. Um, you know, I think I had a lot of admiration for Thomas Tuchel, um, even when he was at Dortmund, and I always wanted um, for him to manage Arsenal and obviously he's gone to Chelsea now. But, so, in terms of the only person who I can, who I feel fits that kind of mould, is maybe Ten Hag at Ajax, um, who I think obviously did a good job getting them to the semi final. Was really unlucky not to get them into the final uh, with such a young side. Um, and I know obviously they've fallen a bit wayward recently, but you know I think there's some circumstances um, with that. Their side has a lot of their prom, uh, best players have been bought out, so I think he would be probably my. Uh, number one option, but going back in terms of, you know, is it a bigger thing? Of course, it's a bigger thing. I mean, over the last ten, fifteen years, we've seen such a massive transition in terms of the hierarchy. If you think that, you know, the main driving force from a footballing decisions point of of view was mainly David Dean and and Arsene Wenger and then David Dean left and Arsene Wenger had a a bigger role Um, and then obviously that's changed again with Edu and you know Raul Stanley and uh, Sven Mizentat and then that's changed again Um, so now we just have um, Edu and Arteta so there's been a huge change you know a lot of redundancies um, a lot of streamlining of certain uh, departments like the scouting uh, department so And I, so I think actually in some ways we've actually moved into a better direction in that way, but not yet convinced that the people right at the top, the Cronkys are the right people to um, drive us forward to winning titles. So I think first things first is, you know, sorting out our squad, but I think long-term it's got to be a change in ownership for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll probably put the last points for this. Um, I think you're both right. I, Dylan, I slightly agree and disagree in terms of the manager being uh, he should have a say in terms of building the squad. But I think the best clubs, like if you like you mentioned it with Chelsea, right? They knew what the vision of what their squad wants, what they want from their squad. They bought as many good attacking players because they want to produce attacking football, right? And they had a squad good enough to be minimum top four. And then with Lampard, and you can see when Lampard was underperforming, they didn't have the eighth best squad here. They probably had one of the second best squad in the league, but now you, they sacked him for Tuchel and he's got them to a Champions League final. And that shows what good coaching could do. And if Arsenal had any ambition, they would have sacked Arteta for a better manager like Tuchel. Um, our squad isn't good enough, but I think it comes down to really our recruitment and our recruitment team uh, above Arteta. I think it's gotten better over the last few seasons the last summer when buying Party and Gabriel they're the kind of profile of players that we should be bringing through but now with even less money than before I think it's going to be really difficult and I think we're going to have to put more emphasis on some of the young players from the academy to take us us through but we need a manager for me that will actually give minutes to these players and will play attacking football and I just don't think that will be Mikel Arteta I think that will be I think I'm willing to I like the whole idea of what Mikel Arteta is. A young coach that will bring through in young through in innovative ideas, play through play young players and so on. But he just hasn't materialized that. And I think Graham Potter could for me could be a good shout. But again, without change on 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 the top level and on a boardroom level and ownership and in terms of instilling a winning culture, I just don't think anything is really going to change. And, uh, yeah, no, I like to have Graham Potter like you, uh, Dylan, and I think he's a reasonable shout for being a good Arsenal manager with the right structure in place. But, yeah, no, that's, probably it right i think as we've gone through we've spoken for over an hour here one of the longer episodes on the beyond the gaffer or the beyond the guna podcast but yeah jay you'll find uh how you do you want your thoughts on this and uh on your first episode and we definitely want to bring you through again
0: yeah i think we uh we've definitely got to talk more i think um hopefully we can go more into discussions on identifying what areas that we need to address in the summer. Cause like I said, it's going to be, need to be a large overhaul, um, both more, more players out than, than in, but, you know, bringing the right quality of players in and, you know, yeah, let's, let's go through that.
1: Okay. Yeah, no, um, definitely. We definitely have to have you back on again. Uh, it's been a great discussion. Hopefully, um, yeah, we'll do another episode of Liverpool and Newcastle soon as well in pre-season for next year. But yeah, no, Dylan. Uh, actually, no way. Usually finish does end this, but yeah, no. Um, follow us. This is the end of the episode. Follow us on BTG underscore pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts and check us out next week for, an, uh, for the next episode as well. Yes, thanks Peace. guys.